time to meditate. <laughs> don't you give up, don't allow disaster. Don't you give up, don't you let away. Talking about forever after. Don't you give up, don't you dare give up. Greetings, our intrepid listeners, clients, friends, family, and all of you who stay with us week after week. We know how difficult it is, but we hope we add a little bit of value to your life while you're multitasking and sitting around eating your Doritos and drinking your... Dr. Pepper. Uh, Dr. Pepper or your Dos Equis. Jack Tuckner and Deborah Orell here. We are the women's rights in the workplace activists coming to you from the Upper West Side of New York City in the Progressive Radio Network, of course, because we are progressive and we hope and know that you must be too or you'll be pulling what's left of your hair out of your heads when you listen to this <laughs> network. I don't know how you could do it. But then again, look at the world we live in, and you may have voted for one of the Republicans that are now you know, running the Senate and going to wreak havoc on our lives. And it's, it really does require us to, really, right, to not, what, is, what does he say in the song? I always forget, but to you know, not lose faith and to you know, screw your courage to the sticking place and let's all do something. So here we are. We're going to talk today, are we not? about frequently asked questions that you won't hear on Rush Limbaugh or Tom Hartman, Hartman or even on John Oliver, frequently asked employment questions that are very important, and perhaps you've heard these before, perhaps you haven't, some of them I'm sure you will not have heard either the questions or the answers to, but even if you have heard them, repetition is the mother of skill, as they say, and we're going to just keep repeating these things because it may come in handy in your life. Employment being what it is in this country and in this world right now is sort of as tenuous, tentative, unavailable, and just generally non-remunerative unless you're in the top 1% or top 0.1%. Yeah, and, p- and so many people are so unaware of the state of employment right now. Exactly. I am telling you, today alone, <laughs> right. literally, and I didn't even tell you this, I did two intakes today uh, among, uh, you know, uh, there were several others, but two in particular. She worked for the company for 27 years, and she was fired. You know, that's not right. right. And I have to, and no severance, no nothing, you know. Hit the bricks, babe. Friday's your last day. Right. Completely out of left field. Is this legal? Don't I have a case? Don't I deserve something after 27 years? And I have to explain. The other woman had worked for a bank for, I want to say, 13 or 16 years, like a lot of years. Um, Three months ago, they said she wasn't on track to hit her numbers, and she said, I really think I am going to. It's just not in the system. Three months later, they fire her, and she said, but I just, everything is in. I'm, I'm over my budget now. It's just not in here. Here's the paper that shows it. She said... How could they do that? I'm I'm hitting they said hit this number to make right. this money. I'm doing this. And right. she said I think because I make $98,000 they want to get rid of me so they can hire three other people to do what I do. So the question for her and even when it's sort of like made, you know, Captain Yosarian in Catch-22 when every time he hit his numbers to use it, he kept hitting the numbers and every right. time what to happens when out. he hit his number, when they he hit his number, the number they up the number, they raise the number. That's the Catch-22. Right. When they do that what rights does this person have? Well, I had to tell sadly yeah. tell her. Sorry. Yeah. Right. No cigar. Right. No soup for you. Right. right. Okay. Because. 
Well, well because you because You're the employer, all the laws are all the laws protect the employer, not the employee. Exactly. The employer is allowed to be mean, rude, nasty, hostile, disrespectful, unreasonable, and irrational. Right, and fire your butt. And you can be terminated will. at any time for any reason or no reason. Right. That's right. Well said. Hey, if anyone has a question out there, we will interrupt our flow of questions that we're going to shoot through here and try to get out as yeah. many of these FAQs as we can. Uh, but feel free to call us at one 888 We'll get you right on the air. 888-874-4888 with your employment question. So let's question. do that one as the first question, and then I'll go back okay. to my list. Um. I was hitting my numbers. There was no reason. They just want to get rid of me because I make too much money. Well, well they want to, why do they want to get rid of you you make too much money? For, for you, not for them? You mean you're, not, you're producing a lot? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm making $98,000. They told me if I want to make that much money, I have to, do, make, right. I have to right. bill or whatever the right. thing so is. So why are they getting rid of you? Because... I think because, or this woman thought because they can they can get rid of her and hire three people for the same amount of money, and, and probably make more money. Right. Okay. Hit the bricks, babe. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So right. No, no protections. No case. No case. Eh, next case. Right. Okay. That's it. Okay. My boss. Do we need to know why or no? Do we need to know why? I'm mean, just saying why that she has no case. Or everybody, well, just, exp- you just explain that you're an at-will employee. They could do what they want. I mean, right. that pretty much sums it and all. And the only up. protections are is if your civil rights are being violated. Well, I mean, if you're being right. treated differently than other workers because of age, race, gender, nationality, sexual orientation, disability, pregnancy. Except in Montana. By the way, if you're one of yeah, right, we love that true. state. Montana, beautiful, wide open, well, we gorgeous state. It's just a gorgeous state. We well, we, we, we I don't know. I don't know why. Well, it would be a beautiful place to live. I'm not talking about politically. or I'm just saying for a state that is that enormous and gorgeous that has, I think, about as many people living in it as the building in Co-op City I passed this morning yes, on the train in the Bronx, true. right? The whole state has under a million people in this enormous state. But they have, you know, they have no, I think they still have no speed limit. And they have to, and in order to fire you. They need cause. Doesn't mean they can't come up with cause because most of these exceptions to some of the questions, right. even, but at least it's a little bit more difficult uh, right. in Montana. So it's like that's what the what unions offer. Just that little bit of protection that you can't just outright be fired. They do right. have to go through something of a process. Right. So Montana does allow exactly. that as opposed exactly. to good analogy. Every other state. Exactly. Okay. All right, hit me with another one. My employer fired me because she didn't like my shoes. Can she get away with that? Yes. Okay. Short I'm, answer. I mean, it's a short answer because your employer can fire you. I mean, he, here's how it would be. Yes, she's allowed to. Inf- your, their employer can fire you because they don't like your footwear. The employer can fire you if two things I, that might distinguish this. If your footwear for hap- happens to be, let's say, orthopedic and they don't like your space shoes because you're wearing them because your podiatrist or orthopedic surgeon said you need to wear them, okay, you start getting into case fertile ground for reasonable accommodation. You have a disability, right? That right. makes sense. If your employer only doesn't like the shoes of you people who are of color or shoes of, you know, the orthodox. The over Jews, 60. Well, the over 60 with their, you know, not such beautiful, you know, Vera Wang shoes, then yes, that might be discrimination case, either age or whatever other protected category. So, but if your employer otherwise just says to you, dude, 
footwear has got to go. In fact, I am so offended by your choice of footwear. Just, you know, whatever. You're wearing thongs. You had the audacity to come to work with those ugly flip-flops. I'm firing you unless you come up with another reason that shows that the flip-flop reason was a pretext, Mm -hmm. meaning I made that up because they're really firing you because you didn't have sex with them the day before. Yeah, that's perfectly, perfectly, perfectly legal. Okay, this one comes up a lot. Uh, My boss told me in the meeting where I was fired that he thinks I stole money. I want to sue him for defamation of character. Okay. um, So, first of all, no, you can't. Because defamation, they're allowed to say, if your employer says to you, I think you're a thief, you stole money from the safe over the weekend, you didn't. That's okay. They're allowed to be wrong. And I even add... Uh, you could take a lie detector test that proves you didn't steal and have video, video tape that shows you never went in the stock room so you couldn't possibly have stolen and still be fired for stealing. They can say whatever they want about you. They just can't. So the answer is there is defamation. That's de- defama- People always, right? That's always. defamation of character, and they often have different words for defamation. It's, you know, desecration of my... But it's defamation of your character, and maybe even a desecration of your character. Um, if your feelings are hurt when they say you're a thief, you're an outright thief, or you're, you know, you're a troublemaker, or you're lazy, but it's not actually actionable defamation. If it gets to the point where your employer or previous employer is conveying this information to other prospective employers, now you're losing jobs because of it, it's getting, it's, it's public, um, particularly if it's false, then you may have a defamation case. Then you would probably want to contact an employment so, lawyer. And what about if uh, a manager or co-worker are, you know, talking trash about you? A man, well, where are they talking trash about you? In your workplace. Yeah, too bad. I mean, this is just, what about when they talk? It's not any more defamation there than it is in your junior high school ca- cafeteria, frankly. They're allowed to talk trash about it. Now, if they're talking trash about you because you are, fill in the blank, you're the oldest person, you're walking with a limp, you, they think you're gay they, because you're black, for many reasons that might actually be cognizable under the law, meaning that, you know, yeah, why are they talking trash about you? That's important, right? Right. But if they're just saying, do you see what, you know, Deborah's wearing today and she thinks she's all that, whatever, jealousy, bullshit, the same stuff all the time, mm-hmm. clicky nonsense, you know, there's there's I there's nothing there that you would probably be And there is no defamation unless there's actual damages. That's right. That's the distinction, that, that, that's right? That's right. That's right. Well, there's one of the distinctions is that, again, it can't be your employer has a qualified privilege to say things about you anyway, which probably gets into too much, you know, what, you know, who, who has a privilege and your employer has that privilege to talk, let's say, certainly within the workplace about you. So, you know, your damages, you could say, well, my damages are I'm emotionally this hurt very much. So I've lost sleep for three weeks over the way they're talking about me at work. But unless they're talking about you that you are a dirty Jew or a dirty lesbian or whatever it is. That incorporates some protected status. Right. Or treating you differently as a result of some perception that you believe anyway. It's treating you. Do they perceive that you're disabled, perceive that you're gay, perceive that you're from another country? They don't think you understand they're really allowed to talk about you. They just can't create the situation externally publishing. Basically, it's called that, publishing. That comment 
doesn't mean in a book publishing, but it does mean to a third party. And the damages you write, Deborah, the, the sort of the, um, the spe- you have to be able to prove that, as in a case we have right now. If someone says, if you have proof that someone said your former employer said on the phone to another, don't hire her, she'll sue you. She's dangerous and she's a nut. Don't hire her. If the person that that employer said it to was your cousin, because that's how you got the tape, they called up and made believe they were an employer, you know, you could prove perhaps that they retaliating against you, maybe that they breached an agreement you have with them, but you're not going to prove defamation to a phony person. See, that's the problem with it. So very difficult defamation cases. People throw that around all the time. I'll sue you for defamation. You called me, you know, you called me a stink pot. Well, you know, good luck with that. You'll have to pay a lawyer 500 an hour. What kind of lawyer handles that? Well, in a way, no kind of lawyer because there isn't any, like I'm a defamation lawyer. Often employment lawyers cover that. Um, You know, lawyers that call themselves First Amendment lawyers, you know, that talk about Mm -hmm. free speech and so forth. And I, you know, but typically it's in the category of labor and employment lawyers probably do cover it because it's usually a a tangential issue that comes up in an employment situation, Mm -hmm. not. You know, just that. I I suppose, I mean, other lawyers that cover it tangentially, an entertainment lawyer or a copyright lawyer who says, look what's on the Internet that should not be there disparaging my client, and you can, you know, get involved with it. But those cases themselves are kind of present a long, arduous road to hoe to be able to prove it. And, you know, and the challenge is what are your economic damages and who's paying this lawyer $500 an hour if the lawyer's not going to take that on spec? What spec of what? That they, they hurt your feelings? You know, it's very difficult to prove that what somebody said that they had no right to say. Truth is an absolute defense to a defamation case. So basically, um, and there are different levels of are you a public figure, are you a quasi-public figure, are you a private person? But you still, if the answer is what I said about this employee that she stole from me was true because she stole from us, you're not getting very far with a defamation case. So... You know, that's not something that probably most people could be overly interested in because it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't give you much leverage. Well, people ask that question of me all the time. Yeah, really? Yeah. Mm. Okay, next question. Tell me where you are on the questions. I don't know. I'm skipping around. Okay. I'm going where I feel. I spoke up in a meeting about all the problems with the company, and I was fired. What are my free speech rights? You have no free speech rights. You have free speech. You don't have free speech rights in your private company. You have, you have freedom of speech if you work for the government. But then also, even that is specific. You don't have free speech just because you work for the government to say whatever you want. But so let's just keep this to a private employer. You say I have the right. Another thing that happened in the office the other day that I can reference a subordinate, and in our this is in our our, our law suite, a subordinate was accused of saying about a supervisor, manager's child, that he's a dirtbag and a lazy bum and blah, blah, blah. And, and people heard this. And the her boss was, you know, understandably upset that she called his son a useless piece of you-know-what. Um, does she have the right to say it because she's a citizen of the United States under the First Amendment? Eh, she's got no right. She's going to get her butt fired. I mean, period. You know, got to watch what you say. Can't scream. You can't. You have, don't have the First Amendment right to scream fire in a movie theater either. There are always limits on that free speech. So in, the, in your employer's workplace, you're like a child in school, basically. You know, save it for, you know, your outside voice for the schoolyard or for when you get home. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, um, 
My boss is such a bully that I'm on antidepressants and I'm thinking about suicide. Should I quit? Um, well, that's a complicated one. No, you. Well, you probably shouldn't quit because then you'll be jobless and suicidal and, and depressed. You won't be able to collect right, right, right. So you'll be jobless, suicidal, <laughs> and depressed, and you'll just be drinking heavily, and you'll gain much more weight and be more depressed because you'll be home eating cupcakes. Definitely don't quit. Um, the the problem is with that is your boss being a bully. We know that bullying isn't a protect. Bullying is not illegal in any state, in any jurisdiction, anywhere yet. Right. As a unless one can sort of tether the bullying to something that seems like you know illegal hostility in the workplace based on something that is a no-no. And those things are the normal race, color, ethnicity, national origin, disability, religion, age, sexual orientation, although not under federal law. You know, all the sex, of course, and everything that comprises sex discrimination, pregnancy, sexual harassment, equal pay. But but if your boss is just a plain old, like, sadistic bully asshole, which we have a lot of them in our world, yeah. right? Um, we have, there's a lot of them. And in fact, that's what happens often when people have that type of a power, and especially if there are no checks on them, if you're the boss and you get to be, who's going to give you a noogie? Like, we often find this, by the way, you know, us attorneys with judges in the courts that judges, state court judges are often, they have either life or 20-year tenure, and there's nobody above them to just say, do you hear yourself? Like, right. there's no, it's not even like the judge's spouse to say, do you hear yourself? What a schmuck you sound. Well, and some of them, we, and we know who they are at every, certainly where they're saying, this nutty judge just sits up there just, you know, waxing insane. I mean, just, just crazy shit that comes out of her mouth or his mouth. Because it just, I guess that's part of, there's almost a, an illness to it. There's nobody, there are no checks and balances except in appellate court. But no one can say, don't be a bully. Why can't I be a bully? I have the authority. I could be authoritarian. So if your boss is a bully, now what I might do with this particular composite question, if you're suicidal, that means you also are having mental health issues and you're having, you know, especially if your boss is contributing to this by the severe bullying, get some treatment. Number one, to take care of yourself, definitely. Mm -hmm. And then as you're getting treatment, you're also, um, you have a disability now. And perhaps your mental health care practitioner will say, you know what, I'm putting you out on a month's leave of absence, let's say, that perhaps is paid. That We could talk about that another time. But maybe it'll come down to this, this your mental health issues being caused by a hostile work environment, and maybe it'll result in some changes being made, um, or maybe not. But Or maybe you could get transferred to another department away right, from this person right. because right. it but, is impacting your health. But quitting or killing yourself are obviously final, inappropriate solutions that do nothing to help you with the bully. So um, all of those would be bad. But and it's certainly not teaching the bully a lesson or the company a lesson. So, you know, one I always say, you know, if someone if you have, I mean, these are again separate issues. Get treatment if you're suicidal, depressed, and so suicidal. What's your excuse for not getting some treatment? You could, well, maybe you don't have medical coverage. Okay, well, let's complicate this riddle. Well, this challenge. But if you do have treatment and the ability to, to see a therapist or a psychiatrist and get it under control, and maybe you will complain to your company that your boss is a bully in a non-discriminatory way, maybe they'll do something about it, particularly if it's causing people to have meltdowns. Because usually bullies bully more than just one person. That's right. And the same thing to dovetail that, 
because there's also another case we have right now too: coworker bullying. Mm-hmm. Oh, you say, well, coworker bullying. So there's like a well, a the... mentality. The current client. Right. Um, well, why works... is her coworker bullying her? I mean, is there any rational, any basis to it other than just the usual like? Who knows? Well, clicks. I think, you know, we're trying to figure that out. But just when she initially called, um, there is a click. And maybe because they're 30 and she's slightly older and isn't part of that click, she's ostracized and marginalized and picked on. You know what? As the courts always say, the workplace and the laws are not like civility codes for the workplace. So, like, we're not going to sit here and get involved with... He said, she said, clicks. So, you know, way more in the junior high school cafeteria do they may feel that getting involved with that's not nice, that's not right, include her, or we're breaking these up. You know, school could do that when they're in loco parentis to, you know, people who are under their in their charge. But in a workplace, um, you know, if there are clicks, you have to, no one's promising you a you know this rose garden at work you either if you can't stand the heat you have to get out of the kitchen and if it's just plain old yes if you're bullied you always keep in mind are you being bullied because you have cornrows in your hair and you have cornrows in your hair because your skin is darker or because there any number of reasons that even hints at it could be something it doesn't have to be so you know it could be why are they bullying me because and I'm not you know something that because I am the only one here who is pregnant or has a baby or is different, right, people? So if you could figure out the difference and what the difference is that might be even arguably right. you know, discriminatory, discriminatory, yes. you can use that um, you know, as a lever, as a wedge to take care of yourself, to push for optimal treatment, to push for equality. That's really what it's about or a remedy in the workplace so you're not going crazy and losing your hair and you have to run screaming into the night, quit, and not even get unemployment, as you point out. Quitting is bad because you always are throwing the baby out with the bathwater, almost always, unless you're literally, almost literally dodging bullets where anybody would say, of course you have to leave. They, they're trying to get you to quit. When you quit, you're not going to get unemployment. And I don't, you know, again, unless you're independently wealthy, you're a member of the Lucky Sperm Club and you have a trust fund, um, at, or you have another job waiting for you. Where you know where are you going? Why are you quitting? Stand, stay, stay, stay with the ship as it's potentially even going down, and well, look for look for some levers. And of actually, power. what uh, what this woman did mm-hmm. because the environment was so impacting her uh, mental state. You know, sleeping, just her stress level. Um, she went out on disability she got her doctor to say go out so that um she could take care of herself and then be able to if she can or chooses to go back and try and you know regroup and and in the meantime right well the the leverage sometimes here's an i'm glad you brought that up because i don't know if anyone can follow this part of it but what happens is that i don't even know who you're talking about but that woman who then goes out like the one who the, the, today today the the settlement uh, came in on that one from upstate the that similar thing you're out then the often if you're out on leave because your doctor said they're driving her mad at work 
she's she's bugging out now. She's having a meltdown. She's got legitimate stress. I'm putting her out. She's disabled. I don't care. She's got an impairment. It doesn't really matter whether the employer is going to agree with you about why. Then the point is when you're ready to go back, I mean, so to speak, if let's say now two months have gone by, doctor says, okay, you're feeling better. You're ready to go back. You tell your employer you're ready to go back. Your employer probably doesn't want you back because you're out on kind of a mental health. You know, you're out saying I'm stressed out, and you you may have complained and said I'm being bullied. It's crazy. So there may be an incentive for the employer to sort of keep you out, and that's where the idea of maybe they'll pay you severance, they'll let you collect unemployment. So it's always worth fighting for getting some legal advice from a qualified plaintiff's employment lawyer who's not going to charge you for this initial advice, and it may be worth it to, you know, to try to frame the issues so that you can get something out of it, even if it's just that you could leave there with some dignity, some few thousand dollars in your pocket and unemployment benefits you wouldn't get if you just quit because your mom said to you, who needs that quit, these people, they don't know what they, you know, they don't know how good they have it with you. You can do that. You could always do that. But mm-hmm. are you giving up the ghost on yourself unnecessarily? Right. right. All right. Good answer. Thanks. Uh, when I was fired, I wrote a long letter to the company president telling her my whole story about how I was mistreated. She didn't respond, and now I want to sue. Well, you know, it's, a, it's just a bad idea generally to put, you know, a long letter. I mean, I, you know, I suppose this is one of those questions that makes any employment lawyer say, you know, you shouldn't have done that. It's clearly, you should have called me first because what do you, you know, you're probably saying things in all these letters that we read that people just vent and write to. You know, we had a, I had a client who worked in a Ford dealership in New Jersey and she wrote a long letter to William Ford the Fourth or whoever, you know, this guy is in Detroit thinking like he cares and listening. And all she's putting down, first of all, you're kind of showing that you're a little bit out there. Because if you're writing a long letter to the CEO of your company, you know, venting and rambling and going on about it, they're going to already say like, you know, what's wrong with this picture? And okay. you're probably saying things, you may be admitting things you shouldn't be admitting and saying right. the wrong things, yeah. right? You know, on that, this is one thing that I have noticed. Right. Women tend to write multiple pages, single space. <laughs> yeah. So when they call to say, this is what this situation is, and I say, you need to complain in writing, I've done that, they're not paying attention. I say, please send right. what you've sent. And they are six pages of single, you know, pica 10 right, font. Right, right, Impossible to read. So I will always say, okay, do yourself a favor. Formal notification, putting anything in writing. One page. Right. Double spaced. Right. And top line. Get to the line, point, right. And then say, call me for right. the details. That's how you get somebody's right. attention. Well, but, but but what happens is they've been not heard for so long. They've got this pent up right. frustration and anger, and they think if they supply detail after right. detail <laughs> right. after detail, that they keep piling on. Somebody's going to really pay attention, but because, because, and they don't. Right? They don't because remember, like nobody cares it's like one of those i can't think of the it's like a comedic bit but you know favor then they go on and on and on about favoritism not illegal eh, nepotism not illegal it doesn't matter all the things you say unless you're saying it you know they could just go yeah yeah this is the smallest violin in the world and i'm playing it for you unless you're talking about something that reeks of discrimination right and if you were 
you might as well be pithy and succinct about it to show you know what time it is. Because if you go on and on and on, and then, and then Bob came they in. They can tell he, you don't have a lawyer. They can tell you don't have a lawyer. <laughs> and they could also tell you just, you know, and then, oh, and then they turn the page. And then he, he ordered a pizza. Can you imagine? The guy who ordered two pizzas turned the page. And they were, what? I got a Diet Coke. But you know, mine was small. They got eight lot root beer. By the time you bury your lead, you're talking about nonsense. Yeah. And nobody cares. And that happens so much more often. Yeah, than anything legitimate, right? So yes, if there's discrimination in there, but uh, you wouldn't need to have you wouldn't need to write a long letter and don't write anything. You could write it, don't send it. You could write it, bring it to an employment lawyer. Don't put a forty four cent stamp on it or whatever it is and drop it in the mail. You'll regret it. Your lawyer's going to wince when you you know. I understand the impulse. Feel it fully, and then don't act well, on it. Well, it's like quitting, you know. Right. Talk right. about it, right. just don't do it. Lay down till the feeling passes. Yeah. Or lie down, Ooh. if that's the correct, uh, what? You like that? Well, I was going <laughs> to like exercise, exercise yeah. until I... Well, that's I... the thing, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> until I was laying down and <laughs> right. the feeling passed. Exactly. Um, okay, this is a good one. My boss wants me to sign a non-compete agreement and says he'll fire me if I don't. But he says these things are unenforceable anyhow and not to worry. Should I sign? Well, <clears throat> you know, that's... Non-competes can be a real pain in the butt, and, you know, you may have to sign, maybe you shouldn't sign. The problem is it's mostly legal in most states for an employer to come in and say, for continued employment here, you have to sign this. Uh, you know, and I think in most of the states, it's absolutely it's absolutely legal. I don't have it in front of me. I do, but it's not uh, immediately in front of me. Um, yeah, actually, I do have this in front of me. For those who are in states such as um, Hawaii, Kentucky... Minnesota, Montana, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Oregon, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, Washington, that's the state of Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. They, these states say continued employment alone is not sufficient consideration for a non-compete or a non-solicitation agreement. In those states that I just mentioned, employers must offer something a little bit extra, like specialized training, a little promotion, a raise, a change to a non-at-will status, which could be anything, could be 90 days of you know, non-at-will, or other consideration for the non-compete or non-solicitation agreement. Wait a minute, say that in okay, English. Okay, so, so in English, in the states I mentioned, you, so in the other every state except for in these that I didn't mention, they could say an employer could say to you, uh, Deborah, sorry to come in five o'clock to tell you this, but you need to sign this non-compete that for two years after you leave here, you will not work in this industry again. Under however you leave, you just can't. We just need you to sign that now. You say I wouldn't sign this. Well, you're going to sign it, or you're not working here tomorrow. They could do that in every state, but the ones I just mentioned. In Florida, everywhere. New York as well, except that New York has its own, if you're fired in New York, not for cause, which is another longer conversation, it's not really enforceable. New York does take a dim view of keeping people from working, especially if you fired them. And then you say, you can't work for two years because we made you sign this thing. It's ridiculous. Of course, this is all employer-oriented. This whole thing came about through the shift towards employer you know, towards employer power and away from employees, such as the loss of union collective bargaining strength and so mm-hmm. forth in unions. But in these other states I mentioned, these states say that it's not enough if I come in today and I say, you, you, know, all I'm, you know what I'm giving you so you've signed this? Take that pen out? You get to keep work here again. You get to live and work here. These states, they have to say, for a non-compete, we have to do something for you. But I think, you know, it could be as sort of, you know. Minimal, minimal as. Minimal as like, you know, uh, sun, ice cream sundaes for the night. It has to be something like 
like, we'll give you a promotion for this. Doesn't mean they can't fire you then later on. It's not much. It's not like they're giving you a 10-year contract. So these things are so i would normally say you shouldn't sign that because they can be bad you know the people we have where suddenly you lose your job perhaps through no fault of your own in a state where they could say but now you can't work in the field of your choice we deal with that all the time we would have had that now so for those people those clients Mm -hmm. who are in that situation and they signed the non-compete when they got the job Mm -hmm. and then they were fired for some for cause so even though it's in New York, well, in New York, if you're fired for cause, but and you, you just have said one, that, yeah. But if you're fired for cause, they can hold you to the non-compete. Yeah, definitely, and they can hold you to that if you quit. I mean, it depends on what your contract says. And then in New York, and in certain states like New York, your economic hardship is a factor in court. In certain states like Florida, they don't give a damn. So in other words, Florida is one of the worst. So Florida, for instance. You, they'll say, you know, you could be fired. And they say, and by the way, even when we fired you, you're not going to work in any of our competitors for the two years. You, you signed that shit when you started here. We didn't make you sign it, even though we did make you sign it. And you say, but I won't be able to pay my bills. And you go to court, and the, the judge says, we don't really care. Rick Scott says, we don't really care. The Chamber of Commerce doesn't care. It's a, it is a, in Florida is a pro-employer state, one of the top. In fact, I think it's only beaten out by, you know, Mississippi. Uh, in fact, I wanted to, I have that somewhere here to talk about. In the pro-employer states, as this is as per the cham- U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the most pro-employer it is, pro-employer laws, the more lawsuits they have. So it's interesting in this, and they think they're, and they're always, you know, the pro-employee states are the worst. They're always, they get bad ratings, bad. So pro-employee states like Montana, per 10,000 people per capita, Mm -hmm. they have the least amount of lawsuits because it's like, what a surprise. Like doctors learn, do a good job, treat your patients well, they don't sue you. Right. Right? Okay. So well, a, but that's employers that, you know, treat your employees well. You have less turnover, more loyalty. They don't get it yet. I'm saying the chamber, yeah. right? Yeah. The Republicans are still saying we're not going to do any of that. Right. So it's just a, that paradox that they don't bother getting. Yeah. You know, ah, we'll just keep it. We're going to make, you know, you get sued more and your life, you know, and of course forget about just creating this well, you know, feudal you, you system we live in. that resistance, that, you know, adversarial environment as opposed to, right, right. you know, the opposite. Well, well, so empowering people, treating them well so that they serve your company and get something out of it and then can spend money in our economy. Can yeah. you imagine? What well, a concept. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about that one? No. Get legal advice before yeah, you yeah, before sign you a non compete. Oh, how about on that signing thing? So um, you have your review. I don't think this is on the list. You have your review. They don't give you a very good review, in your opinion. But the HR person or your manager says you have to sign this. So you've just gone through your review. You know, you suck, you suck, you suck. We're not going to fire you, but you suck. Um, So you have to just sign this, that this is our evaluation of you. And they'll say, why do I have to sign this? I don't agree with any of it. Well, I mean, that's that's one of those meaningless distractions, because when the employer says, here's your review, sign it. Yes, if it happens to say, and they usually they don't, sign it where it says on the line, yes, I received and I agree to every word in this. Don't sign it, of course. Um, but 
it doesn't usually say that because they know that that's not that stupid. It's just you're signing that you received it and read it so right. that they well, can say you've got I, it. Yeah. And when people and you could also sign it and say I, re, you know, I'm rebutting this tomorrow. I'm sending it all. I don't. But so, if you don't, if you just say sort of on principle, and that's how most people react to it, they just say I'm not signing. That's all bullshit. I'm not signing it. Go screw yourself. They re- okay, and then the well, I'm saying the go screw yourself part will just get you further hot water. But if you just say to your employer, with all due respect, I'm not signing that because it's, and the employer says, no, I understand that. And then as you're, before you turn to leave, they write, usually in front of a witness, employer refused to sign, signed by the manager, and they throw it in your file. It's of no consequence to the employer, or really, or to you. So all it was was sort of it made you feel better to act out a little bit and stand up for yourself for two seconds. But better, you keep it frosty. Sign it that you received it, and then write a cogent rebuttal if there is right. one. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you know. that's what I yeah. usually say. Why don't you take cases against governmental entities? Well, I mean, this was a actually we do take cases against governmental agencies, but the but reason, generally. but generally we don't, and generally most employment lawyers don't, is because um, because there they go on for years, they fight tooth and nail. Um, and that is it could drive you crazy. It's because they don't care. It's not their their government. There's nobody really paying for it, if you will, except us, the taxpayer. It's not like a you know the a private company that's like, I got to pay my lawyer eight hundred dollars an hour. Nobody's paying anything. It's like geologic time. You know, it's like the, okay. everything. It takes decades. Right, but I thought, uh, and I brought this up when we were talking last week. I don't know if I said it on the air, but there's. Um, you, you read a lot of cases like there are, you know, the bad cop stories are the bad judge stories. The bad cop stories are in the paper a lot right? because so you one thinks that all of these um, uh, public service employees, you know, are uh, corrupt and abusing the system and, you know, they can't get rid of them and stuff like that. And I was under the impression that. When you're suing, when you're when you work for a governmental agency of some sort, they're not in a position to say yes, let's settle this case because it's taxpayer money. So they can't just say yes. Here, you know, here's two months severance or three months severance. Get out because there nobody is in the capacity to say yes, let's settle this. Where a a another employer, Citibank. Target, Kmart, whatever, they can say, yeah, cost-benefit, let's just pay and resolve this. Well, you know, there's a little bit of that because there's so many more, I guess, cooks in that kitchen. There's some part of that that, um, you know, who's got the authority, how many, you have to run it up the flagpole, how many times, there's no, like, boss or CFO that just makes the decision. But I think it's less that because, as you know, in the case, because for our listeners, and we'll follow up on this over the next coming weeks, we're, we're about to file a lawsuit against a New York State sitting Supreme Court judge for sexual harassment and other judges for sort of colluding with him. Um, it will likely be reported just because of the type of case it is. Now, they offered the municipal, right? This was a time they offered her money. They didn't offer her much money because unlike Citibank that would care about the adverse publicity and for all the hemorrhaging of, you know, oh, don't sue us and we're going to spend money. The government uh, has a little incentive to settle because they just said, as they said to us, we don't really care. It's probably good for this to be in the papers because let the judge screw the judge. We don't really care. I mean, who cares? It's not coming out of anybody's pockets. So you might as well let it be in the funny papers. We don't really care. 
and it'll take 10 years and we'll drag our feet and then my son who's going to be coming in next will take over the church. There's just little incentive to settle it. That's why I think you read about them more. Those are the ones that don't get settled. So that's why they are a pain in the butt and lawyers don't want to take them. You could get, go crazy. It's just they'll, they'll drive you crazy as a plaintiff. Uh, you know, they'll appeal it until you're dead or broke or both. Keep appealing it forever. It takes forever. We, you know that we have, I mean, you, we haven't talked about it in a, in a while, but, you know, we have a case. We have several. But we have one case in our office against the city of New York for an attorney who worked for the city of New York and then was fail, failing to promote her because of her race and color and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's been lang- I mean, languishing is probably the better word, but for seven years, it's just it's wending its way through. She's working. Nobody cares. The city doesn't care. The courts don't care. It's just, so it's just really in the back of the line. Mm. And um, so, I mean, the short answer that you, you can and should sue if you have a righteous case. But the reason the cops are in there too, they're, they're often the more egregious cases often, and and because they don't, there's there's really no incentive to even resolve them internally, because again, with this judge, the top lawyer in New York said to me on the phone, if what the judge is, what your client alleges is true, this judge should suffer. We don't really care if it's in the paper. Let him blah blah blah. blah. We don't really care. Let, we'll defend it. It's, and I'm like, well, why would you let that happen? If you could, this is our take on it. Nobody's feeds it to the fire. Nobody really cares. So getting a lawyer often to take a case against the government, and it depends on which government. The U.S. government, probably the hardest road to hoe. You know, The U.S. Postal Service, good luck with that, right? I mean, it's yeah. just a nightmare. You'll, you could find specialists that deal with that, but I'd never do it anymore. It's just, it's you know, it's a madhouse. And uh, there's just very little satisfaction or gratification, you know, or redemption or vindication you can get out of that unless you're one of the real few lottery winners after a trial. Right. Wow. Um, okay. My supervisor and coworkers will back everything I'm saying. Well, you know, that's a great question, you know, we, because we do we hear that all the time. You know, I've heard that when I used to be a criminal defense lawyer. Everybody back in the pens before the arraignment had witnesses. They all had witnesses. They had witnesses at the Chinese restaurant before the – They all, none of them actually had witnesses we could ever really suddenly find. And all of these supervisor and coworkers that will back everything that you've said, no, they won't. No, they won't. Generally. They, well, no, generally, no, they won't. And I'll believe it when I see it. I always say that. I'm, we're almost always, you know, and again, not because your, your coworkers and your supervisors are bad people. It's just that like everybody else, they're going to say to you when push comes to shove, I love you, sister. I, you know, I'll help you if your lawyer subpoenas me in five years. I'll tell the truth if I have to, and I'm on the witness stand. But are you going to pay my bills? Right. Are you going to put food put on my table? I'll put shit on my. What are you talking about? I mean, good luck to you. But you know what? I'm, so they either, when push comes to shove, they say they will. When push comes to shove, um, they won't, or they just forget. Or like Ronald Reagan on his deposition, when he looked at you know his signature 132 times and said, "I'm not sure if it's my signature." People say, "I don't really recall on the date in question what happened," because they want their job. Are they protected if they did stand up for you? Absolutely. They're opposing an unlawful employment practice as a witness. They probably have a better case than you if they were fired after sort of standing up for you. But people don't want to do that in this economy. What are they? You know, there's right. the occasional person we've had them. We had a case. I always remember this case. It's about 15 years ago. We had a man who worked. He was a, a man of color. He worked at JFK Airport at one of those. You know, the food, the, the, the private employers that put the food on the planes. And he worked for this out out racist asshole.
people who was using the N-word, unbelievable stuff. And some white guy, his colleague, a guy from, and I always remember because he was so white. You know, he was from Ohio and he was older and he was a former National Guardsman. He was, you know, white. I mean, white. And he came forward to say, you know what? I witnessed this stuff. I've heard it enough. I don't give a shit. I'll stand up with this guy. And he did. He ended up being a witness who was willing to, to come forward at the EEOC. He was a named fact witness. He got fired. And then he became a client that we were in federal court. And yes, you know, it was unfortunate because, yes, the case settled. He got some money. I'm sure I would have preferred he not get fired, and so would he. But he decided to, and that's what people are afraid of. He lost his gig. Mm-hmm. And back then, it was already not as bad as it is now. Maybe this guy, I'll bet, found another job in the, whenever this was, in the 90s. Today, I wouldn't be so cavalier about your job. You know, and talking about being cavalier, do we want to talk about the consequences of filing a lawsuit against your employer? Um, you know, with the, in the age of the Internet? Um, well, the only part of this is pretty simple, you know, m- most because of the vast majority of cases that you, people file. If you actually get to the point where you're going to sue someone and your employer and you may not, you know, most time you're not. If you do this correctly with a lawyer who's thinking more about you than herself, um, you're probably not going to, you know, you're only going to file if you have to. It really is, should be the last resort. But if you do file and it's at all interesting, different, sexy, you know, to the sort of to the media. I mean, not most cases still wouldn't be, but because a lawsuit is a public filing in in bigger municipalities like New York, you file. Look what happened in that case last week. We didn't expect that. Right? I mean, I didn't expect that. We filed right. a case on behalf of a client, a sexual harassment case against some nursing home. Get a call from the Daily New York Daily News. The reporters sit in the complaint room. This was federal court in Brooklyn. But in, I don't know about in, you know, in Youngstown, Ohio, or everywhere, but they have nothing better to do, and that's their job, and they're looking for this stuff. So they sit there, and if they report on your case, which is what you're driving at, and you may think, oh, that's cool. Like, that's so cool. I'm getting publicity, publicity. Yeah, you get some publicity. You might even put pressure on your employer if it's, I mean, there are cases that need to be and that can't be helped. Okay, but for the most part, then the question is, if you're Jane Doe, the plaintiff suing Widget Company, and it was a righteous case, and you're and you're for a while, you're like, look at me, I'm in the, I got a great quote in the paper, and they wanted, and the reporter came to my house because he wanted a better picture of me than I have, you know, that I emailed him, I got this great picture of me, I got my hair done up, and then you're on page three of your local paper or of a national paper, and talking about your righteous claims against the Widget Company, that's cool. That's cool. Now, what's going to happen? Here's the deal, what you're referring to. That's all going to die down, your five minutes of local fame or national fame. The case is going to continue. But what's not going to ever die out along with your story and, and your case will eventually end. It will end with a settlement, a dismissal, or a verdict, period. What will never end is the Googling of you for the rest of your life will be something that shows Jane Doe sued widget company and you might say and i should be ashamed of that why i you told me or my lawyer my parents said everybody might said this is righteous why should we? you shouldn't be ashamed of it it's just that every first do you really want that be associated with your name because every single prospective employer unless you're set for life now or retired is going to see that and they're going to say to themselves I think maybe we could hire someone who doesn't think that she could sue us as an employer. They all identify with the defendant. And they know that you're potentially, even if you're not, litigious. Not everybody pulls the trigger on a lawsuit in a lifetime. Not everybody even would. 
And there are some people who do it really without a whole lot of provocation. So the whole idea that you're somebody who sued in federal court your employer, thank you, no, I have enough people applying for this job. So I think if that that's your point, yeah. I would always strive to get out of Dodge with you know, with no paper trail or digital trail because it ain't going to do you any good. It's not how you're going to get your, you know, it's not going to get you well, a role Well, and it's also Martin another Scorsese. way that, that the game is rigged for the employer. That's right. Well, that's true. I mean, because it's a, you know, you're wronged, you're harmed, you're trying to seek redress, justice, you know, correct a wrong, and these are the steps that you had to go through and yet, it's like adding salt to the wound. That's right. That you're now continuing to suffer because you had to do this. So, but it's just something that even 10 years ago, you didn't even really have to think about. Right. And now, this is something, uh, I mean, you I'm just seeing it more and more. Definitely think about it, of course. Okay, I want to sue my boss personally. Well, you probably can't sue your boss personally because um, a federal law doesn't allow it. So first of all, and that's like, the, what do you mean federal law doesn't allow my boss is an asshole? He sexually harassed me. He said, you you know, that's right. You can't sue your boss personally because under federal law, you can't even sue your employer if your employer has less than 15 employees. So you can only sue the entity, which is why we always get back to a lot of the questions that we have, uh, you know, to go through today sort of all come back, they circle back to some of these same things, like you need why you'd want to put it in writing to your employer and try to and have them resolve it, is that it's not about your boss, your idiot boss. Your idiot boss, I mean, even if your idiot boss who's, who's discriminating or harassing you is the owner of the company of a smaller company, um, yeah, it's, well, let me say this, first of all, if it's under federal law, there need to be 15 employees. You can never name, you can name the boss, but you, but actually you, you, you would only name the boss if you're state law, which is why I'm, I'm sort of fumfering here. Because in New York and in many jurisdictions, you can you can sue your employer individually as a so-called, like in New York, a so-called aider and a better, an aider and a better under the state law or the city law or the county law um, in your discrimination. So, but under federal law, you can't name them. It's about the entity and the entity. So, it's the entity that you're suing. So, if you if your boss. Here's a quick little story. If and this was a real situation, if you work for Verizon to take a big ass company, everybody knows it's got a lot of money. How about this for a case? You're working for Verizon and you're in the basement where they work, and you know you're a woman and you're working doing whatever they do with these wires, and it's a good gig because the Verizon pays well. But they have you working and training with a guy a lot older who's you know who's sexually abusing you. Forget about harassing. This was a case where the allegations were this guy was feeling her up every day, taking liberties, touching her buttocks, and so forth. And when this case came to us and someone says, Verizon, it's a deep pocket. She's being molested every day. Isn't that a great? How much is that case worth? Two million, five million, ten million? Our answer was it's probably it's worth nothing at the moment because what's happened? Anything beside her, she's been sexually abused. And the answer from this other lawyer was, well, nothing yet because she's She's beside herself. She doesn't know what to do. She, this guy has threatened her. She, she doesn't want to lose her job, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but Verizon would probably be all over this if they if they knew. You have to give them a chance. What do you mean you're letting this guy do it? Number one, it's a crime. Number two, you could have him arrested. Number three, if you don't tell Verizon, how are you going to sue them? What are they doing? They don't know about it. Right. So she tells HR at Verizon. She communicates it however she did it. He's feeling me up, this prick. Next thing you know, it was Verizon, and he was, you know, a, a crazy man. 
they fired him. Whatever they did to him, he was gone. They apologized to her, and they said, what took you so long to tell us? What's your problem? Do you need? And Verizon was like, take six weeks on us, paid. You want to see our shrinks? Go. You want to see your shrinks? We've got this. They're good at that. They happen to be good at that. And they're not even being good at that because they're so warm and fuzzy humanitarians. They're smart. They actually know, after all this time, probably being sued, that that's the good stuff you do to take care. So they, you know what her case was? Nothing. Zero. She had, this guy was fired the minute she told Verizon. I don't recall if there was a criminal thing she could have pursued and would have, but Verizon did everything right. So you not only couldn't you, she sue him, because you can't sue some individual knucklehead when you don't have an employer to sue. That's right. another kind of good question. You're not suing your foreman in federal or state court for sex harassment. He doesn't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of, right. and you can't sue him anyway. So you're only suing individuals as almost a, you know, sort of a footnote or a parenthetical to this. It's part of their witnesses. And again, under state law, when you have it, sure, they're individually sued, and they might actually have to pony up some money, depending. You know, when we, when we sued a, a law firm last year for that egregious sex harassment, when a big partner was totally, you know, the law firm said, hey, brother, you're paying, pal. You're paying for this. You're sick puppy you. And he paid. Apparently the whole thing. He could afford it. He picked up a big tab because his firm said, I put this shit on us. But, um, so 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 that's, uh, so the short answer is no. You can't sue your right. boss. Okay. I was fired because my boss wanted to hire his best friend or brother-in-law. Can I sue? Yeah, no, you can't. Not unless you were singled out for replacement because of your race, your color, your age, your sex, your marital status, your fill-in-the-blank, your disability. But, you know, if it's not that, then it didn't then have to be his brother-in-law. So if you feel you were replaced by, let's say, an able-bodied person because you just told your boss you, you you, you need to use a wheelchair now, Okay, you probably have a claim there, and it doesn't matter who's replacing you as long as it's an able-bodied person and you're not. Right. But, but nepotism, not illegal. I yeah. want to hire my daughter when she finally gets out of law school and fires someone who's been with me for 10 years. That's life in the big city, right? Right, exactly. Okay, I quit my job, then changed my mind. They wouldn't let me retract my resignation. Can I sue? No. I mean, you resigned, which is why don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. What do you mean you're taking it back? What is this? What's that, you know, what's the kid's game where you say, you know, backseas, backseas. I need backseas, you know. Well, you can't, you can't take it back. I don't know what that is from you change your mind. I thought there's backseas when, you, I, when I was playing. So, um, no, which is, you know, why you shouldn't quit just when you're upset. Um, again, unless you have... As we mentioned, one of those, you know, it's it's a protected it's a protected status, status kind, of kind of thing. My supervisor says he's going to deny my unemployment. Can he? Well, you know, it's an interesting, almost a trick question because your supervisor can't deny your unemployment. The state or the municipality denies your unemployment or grants unemployment. It's not up to the supervisor. But what the supervisor, and it's not even up to your, we're using this, my knucklehead supervisor, your employer can contest your unemployment, the decision will still be made by the state. Not that I'd want your employer to contest it either. So usually in most... There are two reasons you cannot collect unemployment. One... One is you quit. You can't quit and collect unemployment. any Any circumstance, any state. Well, not any circumstances. If you're... If you... If you abandon your job for good cause, and that's shown... Good cause on this most is shown as 
very high standard of not because your supervisor's a jerk, not because um, you know that you know it's a, oh it's a so-called hostile work environment. It has to be really severe that they planned on making you run screaming into the night. Constructive discharge that it was like they no reasonable person sitting in your shoes would have withstood it. But otherwise, once um, you know you, right. it's game over. Okay, so if you leave or if you violate some regulatory, you know, law, those oh, are the only actually two not a viol- reasons. No, not the. I'm sorry, I didn't left. The second one is misconduct, which is I mean that's what it's called in New York right, and various. Misconduct, but, but misconduct is not in violation. It's not coming in late. It's not it's hitting the sales goal. Right. It's, it's, not, it's, it's 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 willful behavior that impedes the employer's ability to do business, meaning stealing. Uh, uh, a material lie about something that was you know bad that you got leave for two weeks saying you were in a surgery and you were in vacation uh, fighting typically drunkenness the stuff that I think most of us would say yeah you know that was you, you screwed the pooch yeah but 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 incompetence tardiness and and just general like you know poor performance poor performance is not misconduct you get unemployment right. um, I missed work to take care of a sick kid can I be fired. Um, depends where pr- you probably. live. Probably. Well, it depends where you live, but mostly the answer is yes. If you have FMLA and if your employer has 50 or more employees, you know, depend under federal law, it may be a claim for an association with a person with a disability, but that's more EEOC and less an actual colorable federal claim. New York City, that would be a claim. But most places, no. Right. So that's, you know, it's a big a big challenge we, you know, we all have. I mean, you know, we I've been reading lately about bringing your kid to places where they, you know, daycare for sick kids. They have them in every state now. It's a great entrepreneurial, you know, come up with, anyone who's listening, come up with a place where, you know, start opening a business where you take sick kids and have nurses there because so many people have to go to work right. when their kid is sick or you're going to lose your job and how are you going to take care of your sick kid? In one minute. Right. Um, I was fired after demand, after I demanded my 15-minute work break. I know I am legally entitled to regular work breaks. Well, you know what, Deborah? We I want to pick this up again. I think in two weeks when we're back, we're going to have uh, Mike Schurz. We're going to have a, a guest um, talking about uh, his advocacy on behalf of poor and needy and uh, parentless children. But um, I wanted to go into this, though, in which we're not going to be here now with 30 seconds. But the answer is most places, no. You don't get a break. And you don't get a meal break and you don't get a rest break, save for certain states, um, which I guess we're not going to be able to go into now. Although I will say this for there are only... Did you ask me about rest breaks? Did you just say yeah. that? Rest breaks? There are only nine states that require any rest breaks. California, Colorado, Kentucky, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington require 10-minute breaks for every four hours of work. Not even New York. Although New York does, does require meal breaks. But 20 states in this union do not require meal breaks or re- or rest breaks. They could starve you. They don't usually because it's not in their best interest, your employer. But believe it or not, we're one of the, you know, again, one of the only nations on the planet where rest breaks and meal breaks are not required of our private employers. The right. majority of states still. Right. So we are going to take a break next week for the... For the Thanksgiving the grateful week. holiday uh, na- yeah, of Thanksgiving. Na- yeah, right. Thanksgiving. And we'll be back um, in two weeks. We'll be back. Well, didn't you have another question until they cut us? Oh, we're done. Oh, I yeah. thought there was music, Jason. Okay, we're, we're done. Okay, okay. Yeah. Does it seem such a chance to take? Does it seem such a chance to take?
please understand and you what I'm thinking. The time is now and you don't have a Listening to PRM, 